0: in your Bible to so one John chapter 2. We began this last week. We're talking about the anointing. We're talking about the Holy One, and we're going to talk about the Holy One today, who that really is, because a lot of people read this, and when the Apostle John, and let me read this, he, when he says, uh, in the original it says, and, uh, even though the King James has but in there, it says, and you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, Re- as you read that A lot of people make the mistake of thinking of the Holy One as the Holy Spirit because it is the the word anointing precedes it. So every time we think of the anointing, we think Holy Spirit, so we just put Him in there. And it's not actually talking about the Holy Spirit because in this case, we're actually talking about Jesus Christ. One of the things that the Apostle John is doing is bringing out what Jesus did for us. Amen? And the price that He paid for us and the benefits that we walk in today. One of the benefits of his giving his life for us was us receiving the Holy Spirit. We looked at that last time, and let me just quickly go over uh, some of those things today, only because I didn't give you all these scriptures last week. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, this is where Jesus began his ministry. It says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Remember, that's why he was baptized by John the Baptist. Amen. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we know he, he, he did battle there. And then in verse 13, he says, Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, and may I add lost, <laughs> okay, all right, uh, he departed from him until a, a, an opportune time. And verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of Him went throughout all the surrounding regions. So we see two things here. First of all, in Luke 4.1, and I said, don't ever leave without being filled with the Spirit. Amen? Because we are not equipped to fight what is out there, uh, especially that invisible kingdom, the power of darkness that is out there. And there is power out there. Don't, you know, don't think that it's all fairy tales and, and you know, it doesn't exist. It actually exists. We don't see a lot of it here, but in some countries you can see it, it's very pronounced. Are you all here? Amen? Okay, freak you out. (laughs) Okay, uh, uh, But here, you know, the society that we live in, we don't see a lot of that. And so the enemy can get away with saying, oh, you know, that stuff doesn't really exist and it's just in your mind and blah, blah, blah. But let me just tell you, it exists. There is an enemy out there. Jesus said he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. You can't do that if you don't have the power to do it. Amen? And that's the reason why he said, I have come to give you life. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly as opposed to that. Amen? And which is why we, we receive him and the new birth that comes with that. So again, we see in Luke 4, one number one, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we see in Luke four fourteen that he returned in the power of the Spirit. Amen. And then we, we will understand that, you know, just a couple of verses down from there in Luke 4 and verse 18, that's why Jesus says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach, and he says, I'm not doing this out of my own strength, I'm doing this in the anointing. Right. If you do things in the anointing, then you've got God's hand on you things will happen, okay? People will like you, <laughs> okay? Uh, there's something about you that will attract them. And sometimes it's you know sometimes it can have a negative effect because sometimes people get jealous of what you have. Now, because Jesus did everything that He did in the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit, that's the reason when we drop down now in Luke, uh, down to Luke 24 and verse 49, which again we looked at, He said, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, He says, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from on high, or heaven. Mm -hmm. Amen? So he says, listen, I'm not going to ask you to go out there and do anything without what I was given to do it with. Does that make sense? Okay, (laughs) all right. Whatever was given to me to, to empower me to carry out God's will is what I want to give you to do the same thing. See, Jesus was never one of those, you know, he was never one to say, well, I'm all that. And you also just bow down and worship me and don't forget it. And better not get out of line. <laughs> okay. He was exactly the opposite. He's always looking at them and saying, why don't you do this? You know, he was never looking to, to stand out as a person that just had everything. And, you know, with, a lot of uh, religious leaders want that. Jesus never wanted that. Do you know why? Because He created us and He says, I need you all to come to, you know, I need you to come back to the place that I created you to be. And that is ruling this planet, not having this planet rule over you. Amen. And so that's the reason why He says, remember again, and God made man after His own image, after His likeness, and He gave them dominion, both of them. He didn't say He gave everything in the earth the dominion over them like it looks like today, okay? And so what Jesus was doing was trying to restore that and reteach them how to get out from under that. And so he said, listen, things weren't meant to be this way. Do you know that's the reason why it says he healed them all? It didn't say that he healed a few. One place it says that, one place, in his own hometown, when they just kind of said, yeah, that snot-nosed little kid, we know who you are. Okay, you can't do much with that. You know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Everywhere else, when they saw him, they just came to him and he healed them all. And I said to you before, I'm sure there was one guy, one guy, one, one. Okay, just at least one that didn't deserve it. Can we kind of agree on that? I'm sure there was somebody in the prayer line that looked down the prayer line and thought, Oh, yeah, they do not get anything. They were horrible to me last week. And they got it. And he goes, You're kidding me. That sort of a thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Now I know you're not like that, but there's somebody out there like Okay. Anyway, all right. <laughs> which tells us something. What he was doing was this, and, and all through his ministry, you would see when he would heal an individual, and we have a story of individual healings, he would heal them. Then he would say to them, go and sin no more. He never preceded it with that. He never said, now you dirty sinner, I know what you've done. Hurry up and confess it. And then I will heal you. You know, he never did that. He always healed. And then he said, go and sin no more unless a worse thing come on you. That was after he got them healed. Do you know why? Because of this, because this is, we were never meant to have sickness in our life. We were never meant to have poverty in our life. The garden of Eden didn't come with sick fruit. Okay, and it didn't come with lack in any in way, in any area. It came with abundance, and we were meant to, to go forward from that, not backwards from that. God only knows where we would have been had we not sinned. Amen. 6,000 years on, <laughs> we might not even be on this planet. <laughs> okay, I'm serious man. I mean there would be no sin to stop us from coming up with all kinds of things. Because in, a lot of people don't realize, in Genesis 1.26, when he said, have dominion, subdue, those words actually mean learn. Grow in the things of science and all of those things. Learn about what I put in this universe. Understand how it works. And then master it and use it. Amen. So, we, you know, all that science fiction stuff we watch, it shouldn't have been... In fact, it should have been, oh, you're that far down. Okay, well, you got a ways to go, but okay, you know, we'll we'll wait for you. Instead of us going, oh my gosh, I want, you know, that's just fiction, brother. That'll never happen. Amen? Listen to me. This anointing, this power is what was sent to get us to that place where we could walk in the things that Jesus said, these works shall you do and greater works, because I go to my Father, because I'm going to set up a new covenant, because I've been working under the old covenant, and boy does that have a lot of restrictions, (laughs) okay? And still I raised the dead, and still I walked on water. So what do you think you can do when I go up there and change everything and fix everything? Remember, He ministers. if you didn't know this, he went up there and ministered his blood, not only down here, but in heaven. And it says it cleansed all the things that were there, which tells us something. When man sinned down here, it, it actually had an effect in heaven itself. Can you imagine that? Why? If man is so insignificant, if we're just little pawns on a board that God just goes, today I'm just knocking that one off. <laughs> like people think, why would we have such an effect? We don't realize that we were made in his image and likeness. Just the way he ruled heaven. He created beings like himself to rule this realm, the natural realm. And like he was king there, we were meant to be king down here. Are you all with me? Amen. In God's kingdom, there are no Queens. Do you know all the ladies are Kings as well? There's no difference. Do you know why? It's not because God doesn't know you're a lady. It's because the son lives in you. The son is king. Are you here? So whenever you walk in a room, it isn't a queen walking in a room. It's a king walking in a room. There's no princesses either. All <laughs> right. When you walk in, the king walks in. There's a difference when the king walks in and when the little princess walk in. You know what I'm trying to say? When the king walks in, whatever he says becomes law. In the Old Testament, you need to see that. Whenever the king uttered something, they would write it down. So, you know, as a king, you had to be really careful when you were out there. Whatever you said was written, and then carried out. That's what happened with uh, Daniel, because the king made a decree. Whenever you speak, they write it down. King made a decree. He was strict into making a certain kind of decree, and then that caused Daniel to be thrown in the lion's den, remember? And the king was up all night concerned because what once he had said it, it was written, so shall it be done. And then, you know, king King goes in and says, Daniel, are you, are you still alive? He goes, I'm cool, king. Don't worry about it. King goes, right, get him out. Now, all you guys that tricked me, throw them all in. Let's see what happened. And anybody that said, oh, those lions weren't hungry, uh, Wait five minutes after Daniel was brought out. And all the other guys were put in. There was nothing left. Those lions were forced to fast. You know, there's food there. And Daniel goes out and the m- mouth comes open. Go, woo, we're back, boys. And look, we get three times as much to eat. It's like after a fast, isn't it? Find the first McDonald's and go for it. Anyway, <laughs> <so> <laughs> no, just saying. All right, <laughs> I've heard some stories. <laughs> anyway, back to this. So, having established who the, anointing, the what the anointing is making reference to, and that is the Holy Spirit, let's go back to uh, 1 John 2 and verse 20. The apostle John writes there, he says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, And you know all things. So now we're going to look at the Holy One. I I told you that I proved to you that the Holy One was talking about Jesus Christ. So first of all, let's go to Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. I touched on these scriptures last week. This is the angel Gabriel is talking to Mary about her miraculous conception. And he says here, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, watch that Holy One. Who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Do you see the connection to Holy One and the Son of God? All right, following this declaration, every reference that is then made uh, to the Holy One throughout the New Testament is always to Jesus Christ. For example, let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. Now, this is who's speaking? The unclean spirit. Okay? All right. So remember the angel Gabriel was the one who spoke before. Now we've got the other side of the coin. Okay. (laughs) Demons are talking now. All right. And it says, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? So we know who he's talking about. Did you come to destroy us? Now we know what he can do. Okay. And it says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Even the devils know Jesus as the Holy One of God. So not only did the angel Gabriel come and declare him as the Holy One, but demons, afraid, standing there, looking at him. I, just, you know, I reckon some of them, this person comes up, they look at him and go, hang on a second, I know that guy. This is very bad for us. <laughs> you know, Don't kill us today, <laughs> okay, is basically what they're saying. Can I say this? And this is the reason why I wanted to come back to this. Not only do we have an anointing from God, but we have God living inside of us. When we walk up, they should kind of tilt sideways and go, oh no, they don't see Christina, they don't see Natasha, they don't see Verity, they go, oh no, God's come again. Now what? (laughs) It's Jesus, He's back, (laughs) okay? See that's the thing, they don't see you. That's the reason why Jesus said you need to be, you know, remember Nicodemus? Remember, that was a ruler of the Jews. He was a very good man. Can I say that? Okay, he did the right thing. And he did the right thing by Jesus as well. He was never invited to the trials that the Jews held when they, um, before the crucifixion of Jesus. Do you hear me? Okay, he was never there. He was never invited because they knew where he stood. Amen? Alright, so this was a good guy. But it's really interesting what Jesus says to him. This is in John chapter 3. He says to him, you must be born again. Do you know why? Because it's not enough doing good I think that's in John 3, 6, 3, 5, 3 6, somewhere in there. It's, he says, it's not enough you're doing good. You need God in you. Amen? Because that, when you walk into a situation, then they don't see Nicodemus. They see God. Hallelujah. And that's what you need to realize as you walk into a place that God is on the inside of you. And when they look at you, they don't see you anymore. They don't see the outer shell. This has happened so many times. Where people have walked into places and people that, uh, you know, are in cults, you know, demonic things. You know, they, they, they sort of suddenly go all cr- kind of funny and crazy and everything. And later on, so some of them got saved, obviously. All right. And they come in and they, you know, somebody will, will ask them, what happened? You know, and they say, well, don't, you don't realize as you walked in, this light walked in. We couldn't even see who was behind that light. All we saw was light. Interesting, isn't it? When we were first created in the image and likeness of God, that's exactly how we looked on the outside. We radiated. That's why we didn't have any clothes. We weren't naked. Okay? We were naked, but not in the way we think. <laughs> okay? We, we had nothing on because we were clothed with glory. And the Bible tells us in Psalms that, we were, that God clothed us with glory and honor. Two very powerful and very important things. Amen. And so that is what happens to us when we get born again. That's why the apostle Paul said that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Do you know why? Because Jesus lives in us. Right now he is glorified and that glorified Lord lives in you. John is going to say in uh, 1 John 4.4, 4, he's going to say, For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen? So that's the reason why it is important that we understand that there are two very important things in this verse. I told you this verse looks deceptively simple, but there's so much in it. Number one, we have an anointing. We have the Holy Spirit and His anointing coming all over us, which is what Jesus had to, to fight whatever came against Him. But we also have Jesus on the inside of us as well. Hallelujah! And He's there! And so, even though a devil may not catch on to the anointing, they'll see Him. They'll back off from Him. They always have. Because Colossians tells us, I think 1.16, somewhere in this 1.16, 117, all things were created by Him and for Him. Amen? They get out of line. <laughs> the Creator goes, I made you, I can unmake you. <laughs> okay. But notice that the devils, that what they said. Did you notice? They said, have you come to destroy us? Did you come to destroy us? Which means he's got the power. Listen, this is really important because people have asked me the question, can you kill a spirit? Jesus can. The Creator can. We can't, but the Creator can. Do you hear me? That's why he said, did you come to destroy us? Mm. Hallelujah. Good to know. Anyway. Uh, verse 25, let me just read this and conclude. Jesus rebuked him said, saying, be quiet and come out of him. See, he didn't talk to him at all. He didn't say, that's right boys. I'm the creator. Uh, say it a bit louder. Okay. See, he was never looking for recognition of any kind. He wasn't one of those people that needed their ego, you know, stroked or whatever call me lord you know okay (laughs) never all right with him it was like i'm here to teach you something i'm here to share things with you i'm here to change your life i need you to listen and i need you to do i don't need you to worship me i need you to listen and do amen and it's really sad today that a lot of the denomination denominational churches that's what they do they just worship they don't listen and do anyway and and, and then i'll get upset with people that do do anyway <laughs> that sounds bad doesn't it all right <laughs> verse 26 and he says and when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice he came out of him so you know he, he was it was a little upset didn't want to leave made a big show of it then left you know what doesn't it doesn't say there It doesn't say that Jesus saw him convulsing and said, wait, come out, come out in my name. You know, it's a Jesus name. (laughs) All right, he said, he wasn't there fighting with him. He simply said, be quiet, come out of him. And then he went all over the place and goes, "Mm, are you finished? I'm giving you something here. He said, are you done? He didn't even say that. He was thinking that, okay, because it's not written. And when he finished, he left. He goes, okay, now let's move on, shall we? There was no fight there. He knew his authority. He knew that once it was spoken, it needed a, it. had to do what he said. We have that same faith. Yeah. We're growing in it. It's going to take time, but if we don't exercise it, mm-hmm. it won't happen. It's like any muscle. If you don't exercise a thing, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. You know, you can't one day suddenly go today. I'll pick up, you know, uh, uh, 200 pounds or I don't know, kilos or whatever. It's, Forget about it. You're about to kill yourself. Okay, start with the little five kilo dumbbell, you know. Let's start there. Let's get the noodle up from a noodle to something else. Mm. (laughs) Amen? Listen to me. We do the same thing in the spirit. There's no difference. Just because brother so-and-so spoke and it happened, doesn't mean you're going to speak and it's going to happen. Brother so-and-so has been working out in the spirit. Amen? Or sister so-and-so. Okay, I've been watching some sisters that are doing awesome things. They've been working out in the spirit, man. It took them years and they're here now. You can't expect to just go, well, that stuff doesn't work. I tried it. Yeah, because you only tried it. They're doing it year after year after year. Amen? And when it failed, they kept at it. I know. (laughs) Come back in Jesus' name. No. All right. (laughs) So once again, notice here, even the demons recognize Jesus as the Holy One of God. Next in John chapter 6, in verse 68 and 69, from the New International Version, which, which in fact the New Living Translation and the New American Standard Bible support. So I'm in John chapter 6 and verse 68. I'll read 68 and 69. It says that Simon Peter, who is this now? Peter, remember? Okay, remember Pete. Yeah. Important. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Verse 69. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Did you see that? Okay, so he answered and he said, we know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. So now we have seen the angel Gabriel. We have seen a demon. And now we have seen man. All say the same thing. You are the Holy One of God. Amen. All right. Now finally, let me take you to one more reference. In Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John were on their way. Remember, I told you to keep track that Peter said that. were on their way to the temple to pray. And they came across a certain man lame from his mother's womb at the gate called Beautiful. And then it said in verses 6 and 7, let me read that. Then Peter said, remember Pete was there before? Okay. All right. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle uh bones receive strength. Now notice this guy was lame from his mother's womb, which means he had never walked one day in his life. All right, he hadn't, it wasn't that one of those people that, you know, was walking around and, you know, got run over by a cart or something, you know, a cart, not a car, okay, (laughs) you know, uh, one of them quick running chariots or something, okay, and then he lost his legs. It wasn't anything like that. This guy never walked. That's why it was such a miracle, because this was something that People couldn't say, oh, he was faking it. This guy never walked. They saw him at that gate begging all of his life. And in one moment of time, everything changes. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. And following this notable miracle <laughs> taking place, Peter goes and to preach to the crowd of people that gathered around them, and he says in Acts 3 and verse 14, But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, verse 15, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. So you notice again the the connection between Jesus Christ and the Holy One. Amen? Obvious from all of these scriptures that the Holy One is, in fact, Jesus Christ. And that when the Apostle John says again in 1 John 2.20, and you have an anointing from the Holy One, that he is talking about Christians looking up to the Holy One, Jesus Christ, to receive their anointing by way of the Holy Spirit. Can I say that? Do you all get that? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Therefore, as Simon J. Kissamalkin puts it, Christians not only bear the name of Jesus Christ, they also share in his anointing. I like the way it was said. Amen. We don't only bear Christ's name, but we share in his anointing. And remember that he was anointed without measure. There is the potential in you, potential, in you to walk in that anointing if He lives in you, where's the problem? It's only when we start looking at ourselves and we say, well, what can I do? Well, nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, you can do stuff, but not like this. <laughs> All right. This, this needs a cape. You know what I'm trying to say? All right. This needs the power of God. This needs something supernatural working in you to do. You can, there's a lot of things you can do in this earth. Now, you know, I, I've, I've heard preachers get up and say some dumb things. Seriously, some really dumb things, you know, things like, without Christ, you can't do anything. And I know one guy sitting in there who is incredibly successful going, yeah, right. I got more money than you. Can I, can I just be honest? So I don't say dumb things like that, okay? <laughs> because you have, you have gifts, you have talents. You can use them however you want. You can honor God with them or you, you, you want to honor yourself, whatever. You can do whatever you want with them. Okay, but the thing, the thing that we're talking about is that as good as you can get, there is something in you that can take you beyond your best. Did you get that? So you do your best and then ask God to anoint it because it will go beyond it. And suddenly you'll be doing things, you'll be thinking things, you'll get information that nobody else is getting. I, I, you know, I experience that all the time. And that's why to me, you know, if I want to learn something, if I want to do something, it's like, okay, let's get on with it. It's no longer can I do it, it's how long is it going to take, you know? <laughs> there was a time in my life, you know, it's a funny thing when you're at school, you know, you're graded up for everything, you're timed on everything. In life, you're not timed on everything. You just take whatever it takes to do it to get it done. What they want is results. They don't say, well, that's it, it's five o'clock. That's like a public servant, man. That's it, you have to go home now. No. <laughs> okay. Those of us that work in the private sector, we know five o'clock doesn't mean anything. We know that until it gets done, we keep working. And when it's done, it's done. And there's nobody standing there going, well, bless God. And now I know something's are time sensitive. Don't. Okay. I'm not talking about those things. And when those things happen, then God will do something miraculous in you to get you over the line well before you need to. Oh, I've experienced that as well. That's when that anointing really kicks in. And the pressure's on you. Know? <laughs> but you know, w- one of the things that I, you know, I, I realized was that, and we need to realize this, is school does this, it scars you. It it tells you, well, you didn't finish it, you can't do it. And then you go with a mentality of there are some things you can and some things you can't. Who knows what I'm talking about? But in life, they don't say that. They don't grade you 60%. They'll get they'll just say, get it done, and you don't come back till you get it done. You can't say, Well, <laughs> That's uh, that's it. <laughs> it's I, I gotta go. It's, forget you fired. <laughs> that's the end of it. See you later. Bye. Amen. I'm saying se- I'm I'm serious. In this life, you you either do or you don't. <laughs> I almost sound like Yoda. There's no try. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, seriously, that's that's the deal. You either do or don't. Okay. And and the thing is that with this anointing, with God inside of you, you need to realize that you can do all things. Philippians 4, through Christ who strengthens you. So it's no longer a question. I don't care how you did, you know, in, in previous times. It's no longer whether you can, you can. Will you? Will you put in the time? Will you persist? Will you push through? That's really the question. And don't just do stuff just because you can. You need to find out then from God, what are you called to do? Because you don't to waste time either. Amen? Remember I told you, don't do things that are not in your anointing. Don't, care about, don't worry about people's expectations. You do what God has called you to do because you will excel and then they will see that in you. And then whatever thoughts they had previous, they'll change their mind. Because can I tell you, can I give you a secret? People are looking for people that are successful. Not what they think they should be doing, but are they successful in whatever they are doing? And if you're successful, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in. That you are successful matters. Amen? And sometimes you have to fight for that because, you know, people have funny ideas about what they think you should be doing. And anyway, let's conclude with this. All of this is gonna be made clear when we get to 1st John chapter three, latter half of verse 24, when the apostle John writes, by this we know that he, that is Jesus Christ, abides in us by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Did you get that? The way we know Jesus is in us is by the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. Amen? And that's where the the, the tie is between the two of them. And I want you to realize, I want you to understand that you don't have to do without one or the other. They come as a package deal. You receive Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. you got God living in you and the power of God all around you. Hallelujah. There should be no reason why we should ever fail at anything in life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father.